Hi, this is Louie Anderson, and you're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Mike Cronin. I think it's, uh, they've already written for themselves. And that's a big part of the show is I'm sure a lot of the improvisers try to get with writers and have them write the sketches with them or for them. And a lot of the stand-ups are just like, well, I'm going to just write my own piece and see what what that does. Great chat with Mike Cronin. We talk about all kinds of things. We talk about his love of Saturday Night Live and his hopes to one day be on that program. Although right now he's concentrating a lot more on stand-ups. We'll hear more about that. And in advance of that, we're going to hear a track from his 2015 album, Hot for Too Long. This track is called Meet the Parents. And then we're going to talk to Mike after that. I have the nickname Meet. It's kind of because I'm a big, awkward lunk of man. Right? I'm always put in awkward situations. I'll give you a great example. I was in bed with a woman one time, right? It's believable. And she would say the most randomly inappropriate things where we were hooking up. Like one time she was like, hey, how come you never see homeless women? It's like, am I doing something wrong? How can you be this distracted right now? The worst thing she ever said to me one time we were fooling around and she goes, oh, wow, you have hands just like my dad. Ooh, gross. Uh, I'm going to stop touching you now because that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. That was so far out in left field, I didn't know what to do. Like, I thought, the only thing I could think of was, oh, she's just trying to be funnier than me. So I was like, well, I didn't want to say anything, but you have lips like your sister. Kaboom! In your face. Suck it. Uh, please. Please. Please suck my penis. I told my friends that story, and they started calling that girl Daddy Hands. It's a big gr- group of mature people there. And uh, I found out she had another nickname. I met a guy at a party who also knew this girl, and she goes, oh, that girl right over there? Yeah, yeah, she gave one of my friends a hand job, and his penis bled. And so we started calling her Bear Claw. Yeah, so after that, I decided to call her Never Again, because... Dick bleeding's not on my bucket list. If I can die <laughs> without a bloody dick, that'd be pretty cool. I have a weird dad. He knows nothing about technology. He came up to me one time out of the blue, and he's like, Hey, Mike, you ever hear about this thing called instant messaging? It's like an email, but it's live, like a text. I'm like, Yeah, Dad, I know what that is. Why are you crouching? It's disturbing. I forget about it. A couple days go by. I'll online to get a message, and the message reads, Bone Snake 2 has sent you a message. Do you accept? And I'm like, hell yeah, this ought to be good. Click. And the message is, hey, it's your dad. What? Bone snake too? Dad, that is the creepiest fucking thing that I have ever heard. And is bone snake one already taken? Like, what's going on? Is grandpa bone snake one? Wait, do I have to be bone snake three now, dad? What the fuck is going on in our family? A couple years ago for Christmas, my brother gave me my favorite shirt ever. It's got a dinosaur on it, and underneath it it says, Never Forget. <laughs> it's awesome. I was wearing it on Christmas Day, and my dad saw it. He's like, I don't get it. My mom goes, oh, it's some black thing. 
No, it's not, you dumb old broad. That completely blew my mind. So I wasn't expecting that much ignorance with just a little bit of racism on top. That's good, Mom. How about we cork up the wine and turn off Fox News? It's Christmas, goddammit. Want to hear that shit? I have a very uh, passive-aggressive mom. Uh, one here, we have, I have two older brothers. One of them looks exactly like me, except he's taller and wider, but identical. Like, if we were shirts, I would be an extra large, and he would be my fat older brother. <laughs> I know some of you are thinking, you're no spring chicken. Well, he would actually spring for another chicken. <laughs> so, so we didn't have a lot of money one year, so my mom got us each one gift, and she gave me and my other brother a case of soap, and she gave my fat older brother a big bag of diabetic socks, which was <laughs> just the weirdest Christmas in the world. You two stink and you're a fat piece of shit. Merry Christmas. I'll be in the garage smoking. Mike Cronin, who you just heard there, is a stand-up comedian from Cincinnati, Ohio, which you also heard there. And he's living in Chicago. You heard that, too. And uh, here now is our interview with Mike Cronin. Uh, well, anyway, you had uh, mentioned you're driving between uh, Louisville and Detroit. Um, so, uh, what gigs were you doing in Louisville, and what gig are you doing in Detroit? Um, other way around. Uh, from Detroit. Oh. Around the Louisville. Okay. Um, I am, uh, I was just visiting a friend in Detroit, and I am going to the Comedy Caravan in Louisville this weekend. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome. So, uh, what's, I, I guess... See, the last time we did this was probably about a year or so ago, and I know just being friends on Facebook with you, I've seen some of the things you're up to, but uh, to bring the listener up to speed, what has been some of the things you've been up to uh, lately? Um, I'm traveling pretty constantly all year. Um, I just did a tour with my friend Sam Evans. Oh, that's right. I went okay. all over the Midwest and the South, and it was a lot of fun. That was all of June, we were on the road. So, uh, when you were touring with Sam, what kind of uh, clubs were you playing? I mean, were you, you... I know people sometimes say this. As Dennis Miller once said years and years ago about the Deep South, he found it to be anything but deep, quite frankly. But, uh... <laughs> uh... We had some fun shows in the South. We did, uh... The only club we did was Wiley's in Dayton. Okay. But... Uh, there's a lot of um, shows run by comedians and uh, kind of like rock bars and and uh, like small breweries and stuff. Okay, oh, cool. Those are those sound yeah. like fun. Yeah. So how was Sam doing, by the way? I um, haven't spoken to him, gosh, since uh, I think he was back in town once, and I saw him briefly. I ran into him, and uh, but he's still in New York, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's in New York. He's doing well. He's uh, He's working his way up to the scene, and it's uh, very, he's doing great. And uh, you're still based in Cincinnati, of course. No, I'm in Chicago. Oh, that's right. You moved up there, too. That's, yeah. I forgot. What was yep. it? When was that? I can't remember. 
That was uh, two two years ago. Okay. Two and a half now, yeah. Okay, so it has been a while. All right. Well, cool. Yeah, yeah so how, how's the Chicago scene treating you? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's hard because I'm gone so much, but uh, but I'm doing, doing a lot better there now. I mean, uh, a lot of the clubs and doing a lot of independent shows there. Okay. So, and, and, so well. Why, why did you choose Chicago over six? I know a lot of the um, Cincinnati guys, like Sam, uh, have have gone to New York. Uh, but and Alex went to Chicago briefly. And is Alex? He's in New York now, isn't he? He was, and now he just moved to L.A. Oh, there you but, go. Good for him. Uh, so yeah. what? So why did you choose Chicago? Was what was the impetus behind that? Um, I feel kind of stagnant here. I was just uh, all of my people, you know, my same level moved away and I didn't feel like I was really being motivated or pushed to get better and I thought a move would help that and I think it has a lot and also I want to get into improv and uh, Uh that type of stuff and Chicago is the home of that, so. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is a problem because we have a lot of funny folks in Cincinnati, of course, um, Mm -hmm. uh, that have come from here and are still here. But, uh, yeah, I guess the challenge is being in the 22nd or 23rd biggest media market. We're kind of challenged by the fact we don't really have a lot of rooms uh, unless yeah. people do their own. So uh, so it, it, what's the scene like in Chicago as far as that goes? I mean, is it like New York? Can you go up every night if you wanted to? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can go up uh, every night, a couple times a night. Okay. And I think, and I, think I heard a guy say one up. 18 times one week. Holy cow. In Chicago. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's open mics, there's, uh, you know, comedian-run showcases at bars, there's five, five or six clubs in Chicago. So, I mean, there's plenty of, plenty of stage time. Okay. So you released, uh, your, great. yeah, you released your album, what, was that two years ago? Um, it was about, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. A little over a year and a half ago. I remember we played a clip from it on the show, um, and that might have been the last time I talked to you, as a matter of fact. But um, so from the since the CD forward and with the move to Chicago, how has your uh, comedy changed or, or transitioned? Um, I've been really working on my writing and trying to make it. Uh, sharper and harder. I'm really trying to push myself. I think my new material is um, stronger than my old stuff. And uh, not that the old stuff is bad. It's just, it's, I'm like kind of changing. I'm trying to be, you know, smarter. Uh, and um, I think it's just a little different. But it still blends in well with uh, with what I used to do. And are you, uh, what kind of things are you talking about? Because I know, you know, before it was a lot of uh, life experience stuff, a lot of, like, growing up stuff, your family, your you know, your dad and your grandpa and, and things like that. Uh, what mm-hmm. kind of things are you talking about these days? Uh, actually, the same topics, just different um, situations. I'm talking about uh, my dad a lot, my grandpa, different grandpa, but... Uh, Get to dip my toes a little bit into politics and um, also talking about um, 
and I moved to Chicago and some stuff that's happened since then. Okay. And uh, so when you're talking about the, this new stuff, is it kind of something will happen to you in the course of the day and it'll remind you of something that happened, you know, back with your family? Or how, how are things getting generated usually? Yeah, that's usually what happens. I'll think of something or I'll be talking to somebody and, uh, you know, just something will pop into my head and then I'll tell them a story from the past and and uh, that'll trigger like a an idea for a joke and then I'll go and try to write that out. Okay. And uh, refresh my memory, Bone Snake 1 is your dad or Bone Snake 2? Two. Bone Snake 2 is my dad. Okay. And and 1 is your grandfather? Yeah, for the joke. All right, yeah. cool. All right, cool. Yeah, so people could check. And that's on the CD, as I recall. Yep. All right, cool. So people can check that out. As I'm I w- Bone Snake 3, yeah. There you go. That's a, I, would, I would call that a signature bit of Mike Cronin's. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back to the improv yeah. thing. Have you had a chance to, to do uh, some of that while you've been in Chicago? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> it's, biggest, it's one of the biggest reasons I moved, and I've just been... I've just gone too much to... Oh, uh, yeah, the irony. To take classes and stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's funny because a lot of people uh, I've spoken to over the years have started in improv and then move to stand-up, mm-hmm. largely because, you know, you're independent, you don't have to rely on other people. It's kind of like being in a band. That's why when, when I was in a band with this guy in college, uh, we were going to get recruit other people. We thought, well, hell, we only have to rely on the two of us showing up. Why complicate this any further? Let's get a drum machine and, you know, and go from there. And it uh, it, it worked out pretty well. But um, uh, but you're still planning on, on doing that, I reckon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. you had a lot of experience here with Underbelly. And uh, and things mm-hmm. like that. So that's that's something you're it's not something you're diving into willy nilly. This is something that you've you've done. You did in this market for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, I did it here. And uh, at the time, I was I think I was better at improv than I was at at uh, stand up. And I just haven't done it in probably four years at this point. Wow. Um, so I'd like to get back into it. Yeah, but but now of course you're a much better stand-up, you know, being in a bigger market and having the CD out and stuff. So yeah. you have a lot more confidence. Or yeah, it's funny you should say that because you know, people, you know, you guys kindly call me a comedian when you appear on the podcast, but that isn't really accurate. I mean, I'll do a, that pro am occasionally, but yeah, I find mm-hmm. my niche more has been writing and doing the stupid podcast. And uh, you know, I can go up and tell a joke, but like I don't have comedy in my bones like like you guys do. But um, what kind of things influenced you as far as uh, improv goes? Like, was it Python, SCTV, SNL? What kind of things, uh, you know, were, were influencing you? Definitely SNL. I've been watching that since, um, I mean, I used to try to stay up and watch when Farley and Sandler were on. And I was in second and third grade. Okay. Um, SNL is the biggest one. And then, yeah, SCTV a little bit. Um, Upright Citizens Brigade was huge too for me. Okay, yeah, that's right. You're a little younger and, than uh, me. I'm, I'm mentioning all this old stuff like SCTV and <laughs> and then uh, yeah, and then that opened up to Mr. Show and oh yeah, pretty much all the big sketch shows. I mean, even Chappelle Show was, was so, a huge influence on me. So as you were kind of thinking about your career in comedy. Were you thinking more so improv sketch or stand-up or like the folks on Saturday Night Live, most of whom came out of stand-up but could also do sketch? Was that kind of how you were picturing things unfolding? Um, 
I don't know. I'm really bad at uh, at thinking towards the future, but <laughs> um, I I mean, I would always like I would love to be on SNL. Um, that would be a dream come true, but I haven't really taken as many of the steps I needed to make that happen uh, sooner. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can go there through stand up or through through sketch and. Um, yeah. I, don't know, I don't think I'm. I think it's still a possibility. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you look back at um, kind of the, the cast members of the show. Like you know how most of them came from comedy, but but some of them didn't, and it's just kind of interesting to see. But it seems like people with stand-up experience, oddly, uh, tend to do a little bit better. And uh, I guess as, yeah. as, as, as having watched the show as many years as you have, like I didn't, I kind of bailed on it, you know, back in the '90s. I'll watch it here and there, but why do you think stand-ups do better on Saturday Night Live than people that maybe came out of a more of a an acting or even a, a sketch background? Is you think it's the pace they're working under, or a... um, no? I think it's uh, they've already written for the, themselves, and oh. that's a big part of the show. Is um, a lot of the, I'm sure a lot of the improvisers um, try to get with writers and have them write the sketches with them or for them, and a lot of the stand-ups are just like, "Well, I'm gonna just write my own piece and see what see what that does." That's how Sandler got popular. Right. They didn't know what to do with him as an actor, so he would just do the weekend update stuff. Yeah. That was pretty much from his own act. Yeah, that, now that you mention it, someone was, uh, one of the acting people was, I'd read an interview where they said, yeah, they could not get into any skits, they couldn't get on, and, uh, they thought they were gonna get fired, and I think they only lasted a, a couple of seasons be, because of that, that, uh, very same thing. So yeah, it's true, too. They also say you're supposed to show up with, um, uh, I heard Will Ferrell talking about this on Marin's podcast, that the, the audition you're supposed to do, uh, show up with a couple of characters in your pocket. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and from your days in Underbelly, do you have, like, things like that that you can, you, you could develop and, you know, and refresh, or? Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely have, uh, like, Hank Underham as a character I do, it's on CD, it's a bonus track. Um, that's a big one for sure, and I, I think I could generate another, uh, another character or two. I think you're supposed to have three impressions of real that's people it. Yeah, and yeah. three that's it. characters. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and Farrell said that he didn't have a character. He just sees me on the spot. He did this uh, guy yelling in his backyard for these kids to get off his shed, and uh, yeah, and, and it works. <laughs> so I guess yeah, he, went on there. Yeah. he did that, and then he did uh, he had another one where he did um, a grown man who was would play with cat toys like a cat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> while he was at his office. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of seems unlike him. He's more of that, all his movies, he's kind of like that overblown personality that gets in over his head. Uh, mm -hmm. It seems to work for him. But um, So do you think you'll try to like work out more characters on stage going forward, or do you think you can try and save that for when you actually are doing sketch and improv? Um, yeah, I think I'd save it for sketch and improv. I... Um, I like doing Hank a lot, but um, it's it's tough. I mean, you got like I generated a whole new act just for him, and that was a lot of work. Um, yeah, I can imagine for something that you don't even know what how it's going to do. 
and it's hit or miss. Yeah. You know, it's best days. It's, I've always struggled with character comedy because on uh, SCTV I liked it just fine, but I still overall preferred impressions. And, you know, yeah. and, the, and the, when I've tried to develop characters, you know, it hasn't really worked. I'm much better at doing impressions, even though I kind of pretty much suck at them. I'm still more comfortable doing mm -hmm. that than trying to come up with a character from scratch for certain. So I, I usually think at least maybe I have the cadence of the voice down and kind of the, um, the notion of the person I'm impersonating. Uh, at least that'll carry me through. And uh, so that that is kind of that is a tough challenge. Yeah, it is. Um, so do you like? Do you think you'll you know when you're when you were developing Hank? Uh, did, does Hank come from someone that you knew, or is it just from a, a, a what if there was a guy that was like this kind of concept? How did that come about? It's kind of a, an amalgam of from watching uh, so many open mics over the years and just seeing these kind of older guys who are either just getting into it or have been doing it for a while and huh. Me. the wheels are spinning. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly like you. No. It was more, uh, I don't know, I just, I always wondered, kind of came with the idea of what would happen if a guy had been doing open mics for 30 years and he never got paid <laughs> or moved up in any way. That's funny. Um, that reminds me of a, a thing that happened. My wife was out, uh, you know, I, I uh, host trivia um, weekly for a, a, an outfit here in town, and um, and um, my wife was out with her friends, and they were at a show, and the one of the girls is single, and they said, oh, "You should try to go out with the trivia host." So they go up to him and they say, she, they're, "The gal's talking to him, and well, what do you do for a living?" And he says, "This." <laughs> That's all he does. He does trivia. So the joke with me and my wife now, she'll always text me during my show. How's it going? I like I do trivia for a living. <laughs> I I really don't. I have a day job, but. But that's, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that, where it's kind of like this, yeah, charge along, yeah. I, I think that that's really uh, uh, a good possibility. Um, that, that should yeah. definitely be, but, when you're up there in front of Lauren in New York one of these days, I should definitely be there. Yeah. What's, uh, what's funny about Hank was um, I used to do him at the open mic randomly at Go Bananas. Yeah. And I was hanging out at McLevy's at the bar next door afterwards, and this wasn't even a night I did Hank, it was a couple weeks later. Uh this guy started the conversation with me and he was like, you know who my favorite comic is? And I've only seen him over there a couple times, this Hank Cunderham guy. <laughs> That's <laughs> and awesome. Like, Are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I mean, he's like my favorite. Me and my boss talk about him all the time. And I'm like, you know, that's me, right? <laughs> and he's like, his mind was just blown. He that is so did not cool. realize at all that that was just me doing a character. Oh, that is brilliant. Wow. Yeah. All right, so you know you got you got to do now. You got to do a whole Hank CD, and then see if people catch on. It could be like that thing that uh, Kaufman used to do. Uh, the the mm -hmm. Tony, uh, what what was his name? He used to do that that alter ego. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, Tony Clifton. Tony Clifton, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. Um, well, terrific, man. Glad things are going well for you, and uh, and uh, hope that you'll be able to get involved in the improv and, and sketch things. I think that would be uh, you'd really smash it, you know, especially with you know the experience you've had here uh, in Cincinnati. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, uh, stand-up's going real well, too, now, so it's hard to, you know, take time away from that. Yeah, I know, it's probably tough, because uh, that's, you know, that's who, people are paying you to do that, and, you know, you, yeah. you don't want to walk away from that. Um, but as always, mm -hmm. and I remind you, you uh, local guys and former local guys, if you're in, in Minneapolis, uh, make sure you give me a shout as soon as you know you're going to be there. 
because uh, I usually pitch my oh, articles yeah. like a couple months. Because I saw you, you were Ryan or somebody was there, and I didn't find. Well, the uh, it was at the joke joint. Have you ever played the joke joint before? No, probably wasn't no. you then. But I saw someone, uh, one of our guys was on there, and I'm like, oh crap! You should have told me. I would have. Uh, it might have been Dave Wade even. But the guy, the that guy, always posts his schedule late. So we don't really find out until mm-hmm. a week beforehand. But, like, yeah, again, if you are in Minneapolis, let me know. And I'm friendly with uh, some of the papers, like in Houston and Denver. So, uh, yeah, just just reach out, man. We'll uh, get you some ink there as well, hopefully. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, Dan. All right, dude. Well, uh, good luck to you. And people can still get the CD. It's hot for too long, right? Yep. All right, cool. Uh, available all the places you get your comedy CDs. So check that out, mm-hmm. and uh, terrific. All right, well, um, okay, anything else you want to promote? Website? Balcony? Yeah, just my week at Go Bananas next week. Okay. Uh, June 20th through the 23rd. Okay, well, terrific. All right, well, and that's it. Yeah. cool, man. Well, thanks for taking the time uh, out of your drive between Detroit and Louisville, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, thanks Mike. Bye. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks again to Mike Cronin for being on the show. You can catch Mike in Cincinnati at Go Bananas, kind of a little homecoming show. It's July 20th through the 23rd at Go Bananas. Uh, where else he's going to be, I'm not sure. You can probably try following him on uh, Facebook, just Mike Cronin, standard spelling. Or you can follow him on Twitter. He is Bonesnake3. We alluded to that. Uh, you also have to listen to his CD to find out the whole story about that. But he, uh, he posts, I know, his, um, he tweets out his uh, stand-up dates there. So if you're in the Midwest, uh, you probably have a good chance of catching him. Uh, if you do have a chance to catch him, do so. I also know he's featuring for a couple of other headliners as well, I believe. I forgot to ask him about that. But in any case, we have arrived at our song of the week. I'm going to let you out of class a little early today because uh, it's still summer. And I forgot this was out. This is uh, The Killers. New single is The Man. And I first heard it. I loved it. I'm like, I got to go buy that. And then I forgot. And then I heard it on the radio again. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is still on. So uh, this is The Killers. It's our track of the week on PF Tape Recorder. I don't think you need to say much more uh, about The Killers. I don't need to sell you on The Killers. Uh, This is the track of the week, The Man by The Killers, PF Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. Break, no, nothing can break me down I'm the man Come
Yeah. 